And testing. Hey, Ben. Hey, Paul. Uh-oh. We broke the format. The podcast has already started. <laughs> ben Lawrence. Paul Goody, how's hey, it going? Uh, it's going well. It's going well. Uh, so my my shedding of social media has continued. I have deleted the Discord app from my phone. I have not okay. deleted my Discord accounts, but I uh, I am no longer checking because here's this is the basic thing about what I'm doing. Anything that I I constantly check, I am removing, right? Yeah. So Discord is another one. Ah, I make a post on Discord. Hey, what do people say about my Discord post? That kind of thing. Bad, so I remove it. Now, the one thing that is different, uh, I find myself checking Google News. That is the only thing that uh, I haven't gotten totally rid of because it's Google, right? I can't well not have Google. You can just not check it. I mean, you could put, a, like, say, a parental block on your primary web browser Ooh. to all of these sites that you don't want to go to. That is possible, but uh, I, I'm trying to make it willpower <laughs> um, and, and deleting the app is part of willpower, right? But I don't want to keep myself from being able to use Google. I could block, like you're saying, but I, I would rather the idea being I'll only use Google when I need to and, and curb my behavior that way. I don't know. I think... I don't think not looking at the news is on the same par as deleting Facebook, deleting Twitter, deleting TikTok. I mean, yeah. it's the news and it's Google news. So like how biased can it be? I mean, that's the thing is you get Google. The thing that I like about Google news is it says, see all coverage of this story. And it shows you the story on a whole bunch of different platforms. Yeah. So it makes where it, you get to you get to select which which biased news media outlet you want to read the story on. Exactly. Yes, and sometimes it's it's very uh, it is extremely like the amount of you you I, I'm guessing you went to college. Um, I in, did go to college in uh, you know the same not exactly the same time that I did. Uh, when did you when did you go? What was your first? What was your freshman year? Yeah. September of 1994 was my freshman quarter. See, my freshman uh, quarter was December of 1991. So we're, you know, not that... That tracks. We're not that far apart, right? No. Um, We had an English composition class, and one of the things in that class that they did was they said, um, you know, pay attention to the biases of the news media like where where is this time it wasn't uh radio i mean uh tv stations as much i mean fox had just started recently uh fox being you know one of the big four not fox news the way that we think of fox news now but yeah your nbc your abc and your cbs news channels were all pretty much the same there wasn't like a real heavy bias 
on either of those uh, things. But there were publications that were extremely left or extremely right. And so they taught us how to recognize the language that was used by those publications. There's also, I think, a difference between what people consider news and what people consider commentary these days. Whereas you have, like, a, a when before, like, the internet, or at least before social media or blogs or whatever, you trusted what you saw on the nightly news, right? You know, Tom Brokaw said something. There's no reason not to believe Tom Brokaw. You right. know, Walter, Walt, Walt, uh, not Walter Matthau, um, Walter... Cronkite? Um, Walter Cronkite, you know, told you something. You tried, Walter Cronkite was like the most trusted man in America, you know. But we've gone over to this area where you have now you have these same people who grew up trusting who they saw on TV now watching commentary on Fox News by Tucker Carlson. It's now Fox News is actually they defended a lawsuit saying Tucker Carlson is not news. Tucker Carlson is commentary, but people watch him thinking he's the news and they trust him. And and so when he gives a skewered viewpoint of whatever's happening, they're like he must be right. The the way that I the way that I look at this um, is there there was a distinction back when we were kids reading the newspaper. Uh, you know how we used to read the newspaper as kids, but when funny, we were a kid, yeah, totally. Section, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, but <laughs> but there was the news, and then there was opinion. An opinion was its own section. Yeah, yeah. You know, and this is this is me. You know that that I am this guy. I am telling you what my take on the news is, uh, and it didn't have this extra layer. Um, and because we had shorter outlets, smaller outlet, a smaller. Um, standard and one of the things that I that I learned about that time I don't know if you knew this but journalists would take not voting as a point of pride I think you mentioned that I did not know that but I think yeah. you've mentioned that in the past because yeah because it, they thought that it helped um, keep them kept their, uh, yeah. neutral or, or you know yeah. kept them from being biased which I think totally. is cool I, I mean I do know um, definitely there it's it's the same with this is we don't get a lot of listenership uh, as we talk about <laughs> but this would be this would be a controversial statement if I made it with um, you know anyone listening but there is a similarity that I have noticed in my lifetime between the military and unions and that's that the overall institution uh, tries to uh, be one way, portray itself one way, but then when you get to the individual members, they can be all over the place. And so yeah. there is a big thing in the military where I'm going to serve the president no matter who it is. I'm a military guy. That's what I do. Once it's the president, then I then I follow them. Um, that's my job. And the... Ugh. Uh, I, I, I hate what I was about to say. I'm, I'm trying to, to tone it down. But um, there were people that I really respected when I was in the military who followed that. Followed that, like, you know, they wouldn't talk about politics. They, you know, they would do their job and they would they would make small talk, but they wouldn't get into political things. Right. Um, 
However, there were other people who were very, uh, very explicit about what they believed and things of that nature. And I didn't. What years? What years were you in the military? Oh, um, I was in the military. Uh, uh, now, those of you paying attention at home, you're going to notice something here. Uh, I was in the military from 1995 to 1996. Okay. Uh, so honorably discharged, ladies and gentlemen. Just don't. Just wanted to get a just wanted to get a viewpoint of who the president was. Don't worry when you were serving. Pretty little heads about it. Yeah, uh, it was it <clears throat> yeah. was Clinton. It was Clinton. Yeah. And there were many people who did not agree with Bill Clinton's policies. The again, the ones that my father I, being one of them. The ones that I respected in the military, um, you know, were like, well, that's the president. Uh, I can believe what I want to, but I'm gonna, you know, he's the commander in chief. I follow the thing. Um. And the the reason that I really respected him is because that's all you have to do, right? I mean, they weren't they weren't worried that you were gonna think that they liked the Democrats or their policies. They just said the line that they were supposed to say and then lived their life, and you know that's great. And when you can't be when you can't be bothered to to at least do that little bit it's um it it's disheartening i suppose is what i would say yeah um and and again the so the 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 people likewise who would like drive their military vehicle with a trump flag same thing same side of things like that's not that's not cool either, right? Pro yeah. or anti. Um, the the semblance, the semblance of neutrality is worth it. And the re- the reason I was going to mention this is that uh, when I was in a union, right? Unions are uh, famously Democrats. Uh, you know, a democratic uh, side of things, right? And there were people when. Hillary Clinton was running for president who who were like I can't do it this year no thanks and then yeah. what happened their unions got got messed with got it wrecked and it's like how hard is it how hard is it for got you to wrecked. in many in many uh many cases wrecked due to Trump's policies or wrecked due to retaliation yeah. for not voting oh well no Democrat. no uh it, due to Trump's policies you know I could be wrong I could be wrong. Someone could fact check me if they wanted to. But a lot of states, if if I'm correct, and I think I am, a lot of states after the 2016 election had a whole bunch of referendums come in about right to work. Yeah. And I think some of them made it. A lot of stuff got ruined hey, by the election of 2016, and a lot of stuff is still getting ruined by me, the election of just, 2016. Let me just say this. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, if anyone's fact-checking, hey, guess what? I'm wrong. Uh, but uh, what Here's I am something. right about, uh, the EPA yes. uh, is no yeah. longer regulating uh, factory emissions, so... The, there you go. Yeah, uh, the Supreme Court voted six three to let the world burn. Yeah, so there's that. 
Oh, well, no, it's not to let the world burn, Ben. It's to let the states decide whether or not the world burns. It's a oh, different, sure, yeah. It's a different like, thing. Leave it up to the states. Um, so, hey, speaking of something completely different but ch and changing the topic, uh, uh, Monty Python. Doing a 180. Lying service. Um, did you, did you just forward me a song? I did. I would like you to play the song. Now, here's the question. Can we listen to the song on the podcast? We can. Uh, give me a minute. I have to set that up. But so while totally you set can. it up, I'm going to tell the story, uh, which is basically, uh, I... I purchased... Now, I don't know if we talked about this or not uh, on the podcast or in general, but I purchased a Mac Mini. Did we talk about this on the yes, podcast? Yes, you, you did mention that. Um, and I was able to to upgrade it to the point where I could run GarageBand. I was able to get the line in to work. So I actually have just an audio cable in and I yeah. found a, uh, I found a, there's a micro cassette recorder that I have that got broken, but I found out that I could still use it. The drawer was completely broken off, uh, but I found that you can actually use it with the drawer off. You just have to be kind of careful. And so I, I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to make a song using uh, this audio clip from this one micro cassette as a base, as a basis for it, not okay. as a base, which, you know, we'll get yeah. into to that later maybe. But um, so it's not that long. It's only like a minute and some change. But uh, yeah. I, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. And I'm going to continue to try to produce music in this fashion. All right. You want to listen to it? Yeah, let's listen to it. Here we go. It's called right. Any Last Words. Yeah, still going. And there you go. It's oh, it's looping. And there you go. So you had a so that was uh, like a clip on a cassette from Betty. Yeah, uh, a, a, a Betty made. Um, and and it was one of those situations where I'm like, what are these tapes? And uh, Betty found this mini cassette recorder at one point in time, recorded this this thing that I didn't know about. On the mini cassette record, <laughs> recorded probably over something that I had recorded a while back, but you know, <laughs> children, um, what are you gonna do? Uh, so, so yeah, so I made that, I made that song off of it, 
And the cool thing about it is that all of the instruments that you're hearing there um, were uh, samples, samples that I made, um, yeah. or or like the the organ sounding music, right? That's just a sine wave that um, you know. So it's it's not a sample of anything, but it's also not uh, it's not a it's not an organ, it's not an instrument, it's just a, a sine wave. Music in its rawest form, most raw form. Yeah, uh, the the, uh, the the click sounds uh, are the the recording stopping. I, I you know when I when I stopped the recording, it made that click yeah. that you sometimes hear. So that was um, that part, and then yeah, just little. I, I took the clip, I took little pieces out of it, and then I um, I made it into that song. It's pretty pretty cool. Well done. Uh, yeah. Speaking of music, the uh, the the song that we made together is ha, was uh, distributed on the podcast stream last week. So nice. People people may have gotten a chance to listen to it or to ignore it completely. Yeah, exactly. And you know, who knows? Maybe I'll pull something from there at some point in time and use it for musical fodder, as it were. But here's the thing that I noticed. I mentioned this to. Uh, to Jennifer just a, a little while because they're back from Hawaii now. Uh, I oh, mentioned yeah? this to Jennifer. I, I said, um, I have to be very careful. And during weekdays, lots of times I don't do any of the audio stuff because when I sit mm-hmm. down and I start making music, I run into this issue where I am completely unaware of what time is like on the outside. And so it'll be <laughs> yeah. 3 a.m. and I have to get up in three hours to do something else. Uh, and I won't have noticed the time passing. I think with, uh-huh. with Jennifer and Betty here, it'll be different as well. But I, uh, I, I lied to you. The song didn't go out on the uh, podcast feed. It should it, have gone out on uh, yesterday, but it did not. I will have to look at that and why that didn't happen when I get home. Oh, well. So At, stay tuned, friends. The The song may drop on the podcast feed tonight because I forgot to hit a certain button or whatever. Which which will still be before this airs. So for everybody exactly. else out there, it'll be true. Yeah. Time is an illusion. I know what you mean, though. I don't do that so often anymore, but I would get into a project and just, like, stay up all night and not really realize it uh, until it was like four in the morning and I had to go to work the next day. Now, sometimes um, uh, projects, like especially with video editing, you know this, and, and in the old times, yeah. maybe it's not so bad now, but a video rendering, right? You did not want to stay <laughs> up all night, but the video would stop rendering halfway through and you had to start oh, it up again. Man. And you you start doing math about how much sleep you're going to get and whether or not you should do it in the morning, or I had I had some nightmare scenarios back in the early days of of Caution Zero, when we had I think it was like a 2007 um, Mac Pro. I don't even think they were called Mac Pros. I think they're called Power Macs. And I was using. Like, I, I would make these long video sales letters for these internet entrepreneurs and would literally, like, 
do something in Apple Motion because that's the tool I used at the time and set something to like render and it would say, who knows how trustworthy it was, it would say, this is gonna take three hours. And it's, you know, it's two o'clock in the morning, so I would set my alarm for five because this video is due tomorrow. Take a nap in the green room, come back, you know, my alarm would go off at five, come back to my computer and see that for whatever reason it had stopped and I needed to restart from the beginning or that there was like a mistake that I didn't notice. Yeah, exactly. I do not miss. I do not miss those days. Right now, the you know, computers are so much faster. I use better software. Rendering isn't even a, in the calculus of when I have to deliver uh, a project. I feel as though, and I could be wrong, but I was an early adopter of online communities and things like that. You know, I was on BBSs and, and all that. And then other people showed up once AOL came around, and then it was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, yeah. You know, and then we had the World Wide Web, and that was... The Information Superhighway. And then, you know, it got, uh, you know, you had uh, Angel Fire and things like that, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe... Geocities. And then, and then Twitter was new, and there weren't that many people on it, and and people like Paul F. Tompkins would would actually tweet with you, and it was a thing, and all that. And then it got too big, and people got too mean, and everybody put up these, you know, wall garden things. And then it became commercial, and then there was TikTok. Well, first there was Vine, and nobody cared about Vine, and for some reason people care about TikTok, you cared. which was which was interesting. But and then again, Discord is better than all of the other ones. But this is the thing I'm thinking. If people are like, I'd like to go back to the time of BBSs, you really don't. You really don't. You forget <laughs> how bad, and this is your point, you forget how bad the technology was, right? What you really want to do is go back to when things were simpler, when there wasn't as much stuff to pay attention to. And as you, Ben, on this very podcast pointed out, that is not the internet's problem. That is a problem with with you deciding what you're focusing on. People, uh, you know, I, you know, it's the whole "can I interest you in everything all the time" thing. They they have access that they're not used to and that they can't yeah. control, like. If, if you could do anything you wanted, if you could create anything, if you had the wish spell or whatever, it would be terrifying, I think. You know, I, I was, I, yeah, I was, I was just having this conversation with a friend yesterday because we were talking about how people no longer want to do th uh, fringe theater for fringe theater prices. And it's. You know, because uh, the older generation, you and me, like Gen Xers, would um, we we would we when we were in our twenties, we were more than happy to do a you know a, to devote our lives for two months to or three months to a play for fifty bucks because we got to do this weird art. We Millennials growing it. up today. With the internet and with, you know, they, they don't need that outlet. They have it. And they're also seeing all these influencers getting paid to do it. So, 
you know, that that expectation of doing your weird art for free is no longer a special a special thing. Right. And you know me. I, I, I always talk about how we should decouple money from art anyway. Yeah. Um where where you don't need you don't need money to live, and so you <sighs> spend your time doing what you spend your time doing. And and to Stephen McCandless's point, right, uh, who, you know, keeps on talking about live theater and how it fits with, mo- with um, you know, motion video and the internet, all that kind of stuff. He's constantly thinking about yeah. this, right? In a perfect world, people would be able to do the art that they want to do and other people would be able to consume it the way they want to consume it. And, you know, everything is good. I would, I would not need 50 bucks, 500 bucks, however many, however much it costs. The thing, the art is the thing that you, that you want to make, right? Living. Yeah. Getting your food, getting a place to sleep and all that kind of thing is, is a necessity that in the culture that we live in, is not guaranteed and so people want to get paid for the work that they do but people don't want to do the work that they get paid for you know we talk about this all the time the most talented people that you know their dream if it comes true uh oftentimes is being on a sitcom that everybody hates but everybody that they hate watches yeah. And they get paid enough money to live in Los Angeles where they can maybe at some point in time do some work that they actually kind of want to do. And that's the best case just, scenario. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, we're talking about a, a fraction of a percent of people who get to follow that path. Exactly. I'm just, you know, I, I can't imagine what my life would be like what experiences i would have missed out on the and what people i would not have met if i had said like on my very first audition at annex you know if if i had said well how much are you going to pay me to be in this play and they said you get 25 bucks and i would have been like eh, screw you i'm out of here if yeah. that had happened you know if i had been like i i need you know a li- you know at least minimum wage to be in this play nothing i have now would have been you know, none of the experiences I have now I would have had. And and this isn't this isn't ah kids today don't know the value of, you know, hard work or whatever. Hard or, work, yeah. Or paying your dues or any of that. This is not this is not saying that. It's that the thing that Annex Theater provided was you are not beholden to anyone to do this art. You're doing this because you want to. We're doing this because we want to. There's no boss. There's no... There's also... Corporation behind it. For the creators, there's also no uh, financial culpability. Like, if, if, if you pitch a show to the theater and it's the weirdest thing we've ever seen and we select it and we produce it, if nobody comes to the play, you're not out $20,000. Exactly. Exactly. We're doing that our... We, and we're putting on the play because we want to. Yeah. Um, you know, there is, there is, and this is important. And there's not some old I, white guy telling you what to do with your art. This is important. I think that it needs to be said more times than not. Um, 
people may think that a business manager saying, well, you know, talking about budgets and things like that is saying it because they want to make money. They do not. They want you to be able to produce your art and they want to continue to produce art. If they were interested in money, they would not be doing fringe theater. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, I mean, but I'm, Stephen, I'm totally... Stephen would love it that we're having this conversation, but hate it that he's not involved. Yeah, well, that's... And he's not... I'm guessing he's not listening. Nobody, Nobody's listening. Okay, good, good, good. Um, but, but, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he might hear this, and I think that he would agree with that, that... That the the concept, the the mere suggestion that anyone in fringe theater is interested in making money, is absurd. Yeah. You know, people don't get paid for being in shows because there is no money for putting on shows. But there's this also, I mean, yeah, especially when it comes to fringe theater, but there's, you know, people like, if I don't get paid, then you're not valuing my worth. And that's a big, well, that's a big stepping stone for a lot of people. Well, see, here's, here's the difference, I think. And, you know, you've heard me complain about this kind of stuff all the time. So people who say, oh, we'll do this work for exposure, right? Those people, the difference between do this work for exposure and, hey, I'm a fringe theater company, why don't you come and act in this thing for me for free, is that the people who are saying do this thing for exposure are selling things. They are yes. they are making a profit. They may not make yes. a profit, but that is what they want to do. That is not Correct. the fringe theater. The uh, A fringe theater, a non-profit fringe theater is by design not going to make a whole bunch of money by asking you to act without a salary. That is right. not what that is not what the organization is. No reputable is. fringe theater. I mean, I'm right. sure there's a fringe theater out there who tried that. Me coming to you and saying, "Hey, um uh, uh, this this just came up, so I'm using this as an example." Um somebody coming to an indie game designer and saying, Hey, you should pay me to do an actual play of your indie game because it's a great marketing thing for you, right? Yeah. Is not the same as someone saying, hey, I really like your game. I want to play it on a live stream because I think that would be great. There are two different feels there, right? The same thing... If, if there were some... I'm sure there there is some sort of weird, predatory, fringe theater guy out there that somehow is working... Has worked out a way to take money away from people who are doing art for him. I, I know that's true. I'm saying him because it's a dude. Yeah, and probably. you probably don't have to look very hard to find this person. But that is not... Annex Theater. That is not what the theater is. It's not its mission statement. That's not what it's about. Etc. 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 So yeah. Um, oh! Uh, I just thought of something. And that's The yeah. Quarry. Are you familiar with The Quarry? Outside of its definition? 
Uh, it's a it's a game. It's a five. Uh, I do not uh, know PS5 about the game. game. Okay. Um, the the thing that's <laughs> like I played in Aquaria a lot when I was a kid, but I don't think you're talking about oh, Candy Rock really? and Lacey Washington. Oh yeah, we weren't supposed to, of course, but we did. My friends and I did. Wow. Was it was there water in the quarry? Uh, no. I mean, not unless it rained really hard, but not by design. Because there is. Oh, wait, I've told I've told you before about the shale pit. Uh, the shale pit. Yeah, there actually, it turns out, two shale pits. One apparently has a locomotive in it. That's not the one that I'm talking about. But uh, the shale pit uh, basically is, is like a quarry, kind of. But when it rains, it fills up with water. And then kids at one point in time used to go diving there. Oh, which yeah. is horrendously dangerous. And children died <laughs> yeah. and got paralyzed and all that sort of thing. Yeah, you don't want to dive onto a piece of hard shale. No, Candy Rock was this uh, this quarry in my neighborhood that we accessed via this uh, bike trail uh, to it. And when it, it, you know, if we noticed that people were working, then we, we buggered off. But if it was generally empty. And it was just this giant, I don't know what they were digging out. I mean, it yeah. was it, it was this hill that uh, you know, got bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, yeah, and it was super fun. It was called Candy Rock because we would go and buy candy from the, from the corner store and soda and eat it and litter. <laughs> oh, so you called it Candy Rock. It wasn't... No, I didn't. I didn't christen it Candy Rock. That's uh, the. I not actually. I don't think I ever left candy wrappers there. But uh, that's what the neighborhood kids called it. Okay. So, did you ever? I know that you said when you saw there were people there, you would bugger off. Did you ever get caught? Was there ever a time when somebody was like, "Hey, get out of here," and you had to beat it? I don't think I ever get caught, but I don't want to say nobody ever got caught because we were pretty. You know. We weren't being sneaky. We would ride our bikes up to the very edge of this very sheer cliff, probably 30-foot drop. You know, I'm surprised nobody got... I think somebody... I think, if I remember correctly, some kid broke his arm because he fell off, but I'm surprised nobody nobody died. Ah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I... Good times, though. I still have dreams about that place, oddly enough. I still have dreams about riding my bike around Candy Rock. Interesting. In your dreams when you're riding your bike, do you ever all of a sudden jump really high in the air... And you're out of control, and you're like, how and like am I you're on a land? slingshot, and you keep going. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I have dreams there, but I had definitely have had a, have had that sensation. It's it's really weird. Um, I whenever I ask people about this, nine times out of ten they have. Like it, it's this yeah. is an experience that they've uh, they've. It's done. not. Yeah, it's not necessarily a flying dream. It's like a dream where you're. For me, it, what it feels like is like being on the end of a rope that's being pulled up, uh, like by a plane or something, and 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 you let go, and where are you gonna land? Yeah, it, it's a little bit of a panic, a little bit of a uh oh, sort of thing. Yeah. I have dreams sometimes. This is gonna where hurt. <laughs> where I'm in a car and the car can only reverse or something to that. If you know, like there's yeah. something mechanically wrong with the car and I'm in it. Uh, trying to figure out what to do next. So yeah, yeah or the yeah. brakes don't work. News, Ben. The news. Uh, oh God, do we have to? Well, no. This is a good one. Uh, first black female Supreme Court justice signed, uh, sworn in today. Yeah, Justice Katanji Brown Jackson. 
Now, unfortunately, um, finally, some good news coming out of the Supreme she Court. She got she got signed in because another member of the liberal part of the yeah. Supreme Court left. So that's too yeah. bad. So the uh, the balance is still tipped, yeah. uh, absurdly in one direction. And it and because... it's, it's it's really interesting. I I talked to Jennifer about it. Um, when, uh, for those for those who do not know, um, and sorry to bring this up if you're feeling bad about it, uh, Roe versus Wade uh, got overturned, which uh, means that there is no longer a federal um, guarantee of abortion Protection. rights. Yeah. And I told Jennifer, my wife, about it, and I was like, I don't know if anybody told you. And she's like, well, you know, it was just a matter of time. We knew that it was going to happen. I'm not surprised. We did. And yeah. that's and that's the thing is that uh, we saw it happen in slow motion, and you remember. In fact, people can walk. People probably go back to this podcast and listen to when we were talking about this. But one of the things I was like is like, um, Democrats continue to vote them. You know, there there's no blocking of the people. They're still going in. Everybody's, you know, cordial about it. The, these justices are just getting in. You know, think about all the times when bad things were happening when Obama was trying to get somebody in. Uh, none of that is happening now. What's going on? Um, and yeah, these things are, are going to go away and we're seeing it happen in slow motion. And ah, well. And so that was that was her point, I think, a little bit, too. It's yeah, it's a frustrating, helpless experience because. You do what you're told. You vote for the right people, and yeah. they, you, and yet you still see the minority party just control everything, even when they're not in power. And and that's the big thing, the thing that you mentioned. Um, we we have precious little control, and and we we only notice it sometimes, and that's by design. The thing that people are messing up right now. And I say people are messing up right now. I mean, you know, the folks in power, right? Is that yeah. we got some people in power that didn't care about hiding it. That brought it to the surface. What what normally happens in our voting process is all this stuff still happens. There are still bad things going on, but it coasts under the radar and everyone feels at least a little bit better about it. Uh, which is too bad to say, but you know what I mean. We uh, yeah yeah yeah. I don't know, Machine. So so yeah, that's a bummer. Too bad. Ugh. And all that. Illinois and Washington, the two states that we're in, um, are still you know upholding the the um, <clears throat> the current state of things. Yes. Um, well, like as as you mentioned, it's you know it's it the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade doesn't Ill make abortion illegal. It kicks it back down to the states, and so a lot of states. I want to say like an absurd number. Uh, I think the last time I heard was like thirty three had trigger laws on the books that once Roe got overturned, an a uh, anti abortion laws would take effect. Yeah, and so yes, yeah, states like yours and mine, you know pretty progressive states on the whole uh where it's abortion is still going to be safe and legal but in places where it probably probably might be needed the most it is going to be illegal and you know it's 
it's just absurd where you can get a larger prison sentence for having an abortion than the person who raped you. Yeah. And now you, you've brought up something kind of interesting where I live in Illinois, Southern Illinois, obviously a lot of the people around here don't like the fact that we're a blue state, but they can't help it because they take money from Chicago, um, all the time. And so here's the, this is the interesting thing. Um, there were uh, abortion clinics in St. Louis, at least at one point in time, but maybe not many on this side. Like, I don't know where exactly they would find it. And there's a thing here. I'm sure that they, they, they're in Washington State as well, where there are these groups that have women's centers that make it sound like you can go there to get an abortion, but really it's full of non-medical people who talk you try to talk you out of getting an abortion. Oh, are these like uh, Christian centers that try to turn you or convince you not to? Yeah. Not to do what is best for you. Basically, but yes. do what's best for God. Or well. Yeah. And really, I you know, this is one of those things where I'm like, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of Christian stuff that um, I mean, God's going to be fine. He's just going to be mad at you <laughs> and you're going to have problems. That's the, that's the thing is that you can't hurt God. Right. And so people. But I was told that if I don't believe then I'm hurting God. Hey, wait a second. Let's. Hey, ah, this is good. This is good information, pal. Let's you and me just sit here on this corner and not believe in God really hard <laughs> until something ha- and and then God's in the fi- a fight with the devil and he suddenly gets a heart attack. His hip points are going down, down, down. Yeah. Uh, but but you know, the, I I was raised in a very religious household. Uh, my my adoptive father and my wife have gotten into very heated arguments about um, science versus assumptions about science that are untrue. That's the best way I can that put it. That must make Thanksgiving fun. Oh, we don't go to Thanksgiving anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what uh, we might go over there on the 4th of July. I don't know if that's really happening or not or a possibility but it's gonna rain here on the fourth of july oh really interesting well i mean that'll that's nice for the fire uh for the you know uh fire possibilities but it's bad for backdoor picnics anyway why why would you or not uh Uh, because they live out in the middle of nowhere and we can actually set off actual fireworks there or, uh, or we might go to a just a large outdoor fireworks thing, which is kind of what we did. Oh, by the way, uh, I'm going to take off my headphones here so that you can see. Did you get another haircut? Not only did I get another haircut, but I have settled on a style. This, what uh. you're seeing right here, this is my new style. It's short hair. Uh, it is, it is a one inch guard on a clipper and, and I 
I am cutting my hair and my beard all to one inch. <laughs> I call it the Grover. Because the Grover. Because do you feel like street. a Muppet? Yeah, I, it's uh, it's basically exactly that. That's what I'm going for. And I gotta say, it it feels nice. And now, and now that I am uh, function versus fashion, if that makes sense, or um, yes, I don't know how you would say it. Um, but I feel good about the way that I look because this is, you know, easy to maintain. Yeah. And I feel comfortable at. Plus, I have a hat. I also have a hat that I can wear, <laughs> which you've seen before. I'm planning the, uh, the flat I have. cap. I'm planning on getting a haircut on Saturday because I have uh, I have a show on the following Friday. Tell me about the show. It is the next installment of the Panel Jumper Live. It's on Friday, July 8th at West of Lennon and streaming uh, somewhere. <laughs> Actually, I should probably add that link to the are Panel there, Jumper Are there going to be audience members? Audience members, yeah? Happening? Yeah, it's a hybrid event. So we're going to have about 40 people in the house, and we're going to also stream it. And, yeah, that's about all I can tell you about it right now. Also, uh, more but news. But it's a of, thing that's uh, happening. About me and my life, Ben. I yes. got the Ninja. I think I mentioned this, the 1,000-watt yes. Ninja. Um, now that Jennifer is back, I am uh, having... A shake for breakfast, a shake for lunch, and then a sensible dinner. I think we all know. Are you are you on the Weight Watchers diet? <laughs> um, but I'm making I'm making it myself. I'm making the shakes myself. Um, and it's, so far, I think it's going to work out. Um, because if I if I there there are still snacks that happen. Uh, my snacks yeah. of choice are golden raisins and uh, sunflower seeds. And what I do is, I eat the tiny box of golden raisins, and then yeah. I eat the sunflower seeds, and I fill the tiny golden raisin raisin uh, thing up with shells, and then I'm done. And then I'm That's done. It. That's it. You've completed your task. Exactly. Um, so far, it's working out pretty well. But we'll see. You know, I, sometimes I'm sure I will get cravings and stuff, but the, the key is that I... I can make smoothies sort of out of anything and the process of eating them like uh, i don't know how to say it ben i you know i haven't i haven't mentioned the whole uh autistic thing in a while but i will say this um smoothies when i make them when i make them with the 1000 watt blender are very uh, uniform in consistency and taste and all of that. There's there's not that much prep work, and I feel like I'm doing a good thing for myself. So it is the perfect um, daytime stuff. And then when Jennifer makes something, uh, it's adventure time. It's it's now I'm going to eat whatever <laughs> has been made. And so we'll see. I, I'm down from 220 to 210. And I think uh, as long as I don't worry too much about it, if I don't get in my head about it, um, yeah. eventually I'll, I'll hit 
a place that's good. You know, if I don't, if I don't uh, try to, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to constantly lose weight until I don't weigh anything. It will eventually all even out at some Do point. You have, yes. Well, uh, I actually bought a scale a couple years ago, actually. And I have been, not every day, but weighing myself when I kind of, like, feel like it. And it doesn't, because I, I will notice, like, sometimes, like, I drink a little bit more beer than I probably should. Or other times I, you know, only eat salads for a week. Um, I do actually eat very healthfully, um, but I generally eat kind of the same things. Uh, but regardless of what I do, if I, like, don't drink for a week or if I drink a lot, which is generally, like, like most of my caloric intake, my weight does not change at all. It yeah, just hovers you, between like 155 and 157. I never go out of that range. It, it is you are remarkably consistent, Ben. That's and I, <laughs> I think yeah. it's just how your metabolism works. Um, I I do notice it getting a little bit worse uh, as I get older, but yeah, it's you know so I do have to watch it. Well, but. it ticked it ticked up a little bit from uh, like, like where you're at now. If I were doing the thing where I was trying to reach your weight, I think I could do it. I think that we could actually yeah. make it happen. Um, Can you get uh, the, except, let's except, just call it 160? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we both get to 160. But uh, I did get to 160 at one point in time, and Jennifer was afraid for me. Wow. That's the she closest we've looked, ever been. I looked too thin. Yeah. Um, so I tried not to, not to do that. Uh, apparently, uh, this is a, a strange musical trivia thing. The lead singer of Silverchair. Remember the the band Silverchair? They're like from Australia, right? Yeah, that's right. Like a bunch of a uh, bunch of teenagers. Uh, yeah. Uh, the the song uh, Tomorrow. Hard, hard to drink. Uh, yes, and he, and this is the thing is that, um, there is a. There's a line that says you're going to something, 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 fat boy, fat boy, wait till tomorrow. And once I learned that fact about him, I think that maybe that was self-depreciating that chorus. Probably. Uh, which, which now like gives that song a little bit more, um, Oh no! Uh, but it's, in, a, in sort of a good way. Uh, leapfrogging off of that, this is something that I've sort of thought about uh, in the last couple of weeks. Is that when you're t when you're for di different genres of music, have a sort of like a stereotypical narrator. So when you're talking about, let's say. Um, Alternative and grunge, I generally feel like the narrator of the songs is the song, is the singer. Right. But when you're talking about, say, like country or bluegrass, the narrator, like the, the, the point of view of the song is not the point of view of the singer. It's a interesting, like, I wonder how, for me at least, you know, when, like, when you hear, when you hear, um, Rick and John and David play the Half Brothers. They say they have one song when they actually do are self-referential. But other than that, you don't feel like it's Rick 
being the you know the as the point of view is the uh, the narrator of the song is the the first person of the song. Rick is telling a story. Is he telling you know, the story in country, first person? Generally, or, yeah, they the stories are told in first person, but I don't feel I feel like they're they they the songs are embodying a character more so than rock and roll, well, more I'm so than about, like, grunge. Like NWA, right? Uh, Ice Cube was yeah. talking about the fact that that NWA wasn't necessarily talking about themselves. They were reporters. Was the term that he yeah, used? Yeah, they were. They were. They were giving a voice to that person. They were saying "I" and things like that, but they weren't actually talking about themselves. Which is yeah. which is interesting. The reason I the reason I brought that up is that people lots of times say, "I like you know the 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 cliche. I like all music except for uh, country and rap," which which is basically. <laughs> I like all I like all music except for the ones made by the people that I don't associate with or find any sympathy for, which is you know bad. But but like yeah 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 so so uh, Pine Box right I forget exactly who does the song, but I'd be better off in a Pine Box on a slow train bound for Georgia, or in the gray walls of a prison doing time. I think I'd rather die and go to hell and meet the devil than to lie here with you and him together in my mind. Does that person who's singing have someone uh, that is that, you know, are they saying that about themselves or are they embodying a character? Who's to say, but I think you're on to something. Who's to say? Maybe. Yeah. I was the reason I thought the reason I, I brought I thought of this is because I I put a playlist together of a bunch of music in my iTunes to listen to in the car, and there was like, there was I can't I think it was Nirvana I think it was uh like Heart Shaped Box or something, uh followed by a band called the Dead South which is this Canadian bluegrass band. Oh yeah, band I know about I the really Dead like. South. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and it was, you uh, and I both was, know it's like Mike Dowdy all over again. <laughs> hey. So I, I I can't remember the name of the song, but it's a it's a tale. So heart shaped box. You know, you actually when you listen to the song, you're like, these are Kurt's emotions, right? This is Kurt laying out his life. I feel 100% Kurt Cobain is telling me this story about <clears throat> Kurt Cobain. And then you listen to the Dead South, and this and this. I wish I could remember the name of the song, but the the he's singing about in the first person about getting into a bar fight. And you're like, this isn't what whatever his name is. This isn't the lead singer talking about his emotions or talking about his his um, the time he got into a bar fight. He's telling the story about a character who gets into a bar fight. And then it just felt like that was kind of like a genre thing. For yeah, me. it's it's really. Uh, I think you have a really good point. Um, I would say. Oh, did you already listen to Fab Tool? Did I already ask you to listen to it? I have not. You should listen to the song Fab Tool by Carpenter Brute. Uh, and the reason I I'm say that is... I'm writing that into the show notes so I remember. <laughs> the reason I'm saying that is that the, uh, the that song is absolutely... <laughs> like, you, you don't have to ask yourself the question about... Because it's the lead singer of 16 Horsepower and Woven Hand, 
uh, who's okay. doing the lyrics for it. And um, and yeah, read the lyrics too. It's very, very interesting. interesting stuff. The recap. That's the Dead South song where he's talking about getting into a bar fight. The recap. Called the recap. Yeah. Look it up. Uh, Duran Duran, famously, uh, with the song The Reflex. Oh! Yeah. But is it is it Duran Duran, or the is reflex. it... The Reflex. Yeah. Is it Duran Duran, or is it a band made up of some of the members of Duran Duran, but with a different name? I think that's possible. Or did you look it up? I you looked it up. Look up the reflex, Ben. Who sings it? We're we're okay, Ava. I remembered the recap on my own, but I will look up the reflex. Oh, oh, shoot! Wait, I don't want to break the law. I don't want to break the law. Too late. I'm doing it. Uh, Duran Duran did indeed sing the reflex. Hey, I did it. I'm right. So uh, you got it right. Well, we don't have anyone real time giving fact us uh, fact checks anymore. <laughs> so we had to do it real yeah. time. Sorry, folks. Indeed. As you as you know, famously on the podcast, Ben and I don't look things up. We just did. Uh, which yeah. episode is this? Dang it. This is uh, episode 331. Oh, we got to start over. <laughs> Ep- look for episode one coming next week. Oh, no, no, no. We'll, we'll just we'll just start it up with 332, but we'll move the sign back. Start the clock. Uh, <laughs> this so podcast we'll say, has been fact checked. As you know, <laughs> Ben and I do not... Uh, since since episode three thirty one, Ben and I have not checked anything, uh, and it's nice. It's nice that the thing we checked. I think we've also we. I, I want to say that we've probably already broken that a couple of times. Oh, I'm sure we have. Uh, I definitely have. If you haven't, but but yeah 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 the reflex Ben. Uh, oh, so I have do, Amazon do, 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 do. Prime, as you know. Yeah. So I've been listening to Amazon Prime Music, and Amazon Prime Music, there's a lot of stuff. You know, they have their Unlimited, where you can listen to a whole bunch of stuff. But yeah. Amazon Prime Music has a lot of songs on it that you can listen to for free. There's a thing called My Soundtrack that plays the stuff that you have bought from Amazon before, or things that you like, and other things that they think that you'll like. And for some I... reason, I'm getting <clears throat> tons of Alice in Chains, Temple of the Dog... Things like that. And I didn't know that you could hit dislike. Quality bands. I mean, they are, but I don't, don't want to listen to dislike Temple of the Dog. Come on. I, this is what I'm saying. This is why I'm saying it. Um, I don't dislike them, but do I want to hear Temple of the Dog every five songs that I'm listening to? No, I do not. <laughs> yeah, I uh, get that. So, so I've I... started, uh, I've started uh, saying I don't want to listen to this anymore, skipping songs and all that. And so what it started surfing up instead jane's addiction and i didn't realize how much i like jane's addiction i'm like oh this song they're a really good soundtrack band. from my high school yeah driving back and forth from school i completely forgot about how much i listened to them yeah if oh if you like jane's addiction check out porno for pyros do you oh, remember Perry farrell's porno other band for... yes yeah. uh we'd make great pets, pets. yeah yeah exactly. um but but also you know and then Kate Bush is showing up and uh, a bunch of oh other Kate things. Bush is hot right now because of Stranger Things oh yeah 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 also what a great scene what a great scene have you seen all of Stranger Things uh, I have and in fact I think part two comes out tomorrow <gasps> look at us 
It's time. Uh, so anyway, the quarry. Tomorrow, it's good. as we record this, yeah. I forgot about right. saying hey, that. Hey, look at the time. That's that's what <laughs> the, the the quarry is. A basically, it's a. This is for for all you gamers out there. I'm not talking to gamers. I'm talking to and Ben. I know that you're somewhat of a gamer. I'm just talking in general. The quarry is a movie that you watch where you get to choose what the characters do. That's basically what it, I mean. It's a video game, sure, but but mostly that. And I feel as though that's what all TV is going to be in the future. Which I think will be alright. Well, we'll find out next week on the Goody Lawrence Podcast. Next week, where it will be the future. But then it'll Indeed. be the present. It's the future now, but it will it's be weird. the present. Yeah, exactly. Ah, all right, Ben. See you later. And hey, uh, less lag this time. I think it was my headphones. That was the problem. All right. Yeah. I had no internet issues either. So, uh, uh, yeah, it worked. Good times all, right. all around. And yep. until next week, Paul, I want, I implore you to keep it wrong. Keep it wrong, Ben. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay. And we're out.